0: On this episode of Spill the Tea with LLIB, we have the woman who's leading the way in Home Property Solutions Limited, making home dreams come true, Shirley-Anne Haig. So Shirley, spill the tea on what the journey as a woman in business has
1: been like for you so far. Okay, so where do I start? I've had um, a
2: 25 year um, career in the pharmaceutical industry um, and that's been, that was fantastic Um, but simultaneously while I was working in the pharmaceutical industry, um, in my early twenties, I decided to start investing in property. And, um, so while all my friends who were getting the bonuses from their pharmaceutical jobs were spending them on shoes, handbags, nice cars, I was buying run down, boarded up houses in the council estate that I grew (laughs) up on, um, doing up the houses while they were out clubbing. I was, you know, stripping walls and (laughs) painting. Um, And yeah, so, you know, I spent a lot of time and energy on educating myself. Um, And what was really interesting for me is how important, you know, university and colleges, but life doesn't, education doesn't stop when you finish college, when you finish uni. So for me, it was always about learning, you know, a little bit more about how to expand, how to diversify. And in about four years, I amassed quite a large property portfolio. So a lot of my colleagues, friends were like, tell us how to do it. Show, Show us how you're doing it. So this is all why I had my full time job. So I started teaching other people and I started sourcing and um, helping friends and colleagues get their own portfolios. Um, And, you know, that continued for quite some time. And then I had my family and I thought I can't do three jobs, Mm. family, business (laughs) and career. One step
0: too far. (laughs) It was, so
2: I put the um, property side on hold, but obviously it was great because because I'd created a nice portfolio, I had a passive income. So it yeah. kind of meant that I could take a step back, mm-hmm. enjoy the family time. And then a couple of years ago, um, I had it all, you know, everything on paper was brilliant. But I went through um, a divorce I got redundant, made redundant from my successful career. And my kids both got excluded from school, which kind of thought, same yeah. t- threw a little oh, bit of a spanner in the way. They say good things come in threes.
0: Well, they certainly yeah. did for me.
2: <laughs> um, so it made me, I had to literally reset everything, reset everything. So I took a little step back and thought, well, who am I? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I do that works for my family because I needed flexibility. Yeah. Where's my skills? Like, where, what can I do? It was COVID. So the world shut down. And I thought, how do I keep a roof over my head right mm. now? You know, I've lost yeah. half of everything I've worked for yeah. through the divorce. I've lost my career. And I got to be at home with the kids because no one will have them. <laughs> we we did get them back at school and everything's okay now. Um, but yeah, so I decided to take all the lessons that I'd learned on my property journey and set up a company called Home Property Solutions. And what I do now is I help investors from all over the UK and Europe invest in affordable long-term properties in Liverpool and the surrounding areas we're all um such sort a of Knowsley, Cheshire and basically I source the properties. I refurb the properties, not on my own this time. I let. I have a team now that, <laughs> that does it. And I manage the properties, but I work with all the local housing options teams. And you know, um, yeah, so one of my goals is to help reduce homelessness across Merseyside um, and provide long-term affordable housing for tenants because, you know, there's not enough housing out there. So mm that's the the goal and it's all about creating a win-win a win for you know for the investors a win for the council to reduce homelessness and um a win for the tenants so they get long-term yeah decent houses so yeah
0: that's that's what i'm doing now wow that's it that's an incredible journey so what <laughs> what made you want to invest? Did you come from this sort of background of seeing family investing in property or, you know, what was that initial bit that made you think, do you know what, I I don't want a handbag actually. I'm going to buy that
2: boarded up house. Yeah. So I, you know, I had a very happy childhood, but I did grow up on, you know, one of the roughest council estates in Liverpool. Um, So I wasn't used to luxury that wasn't me um so I was never that person that wanted materialistic things but I wanted a really good life I wanted financial freedom I wanted the ability to retire early to travel the world mm. if that was the drive that was the goal yeah um and it all started I remember I was as I say I was in my early to mid-20s, I was in a conference in work um, down in London and I was watching breakfast TV and there was this report about a rich family who had decided to leave their children nothing in the will, right? So we're, in true BBC style, they had a millionaire on the couch who said, I've only become a millionaire because I want to leave my children everything. There was a millionaire who said, I've become a millionaire, but I don't want my kids to be spoiled. So I'm not leaving them anything. And then there was a lady who said, the most important thing in life is to teach your children financial education. So I'm not, it's not about what you leave them. It's, I'm going to give my kids 20 grand when they're 18. And I'm going to show them how to turn that 20 grand into a million. And I was like, is that even possible but it, it literally it, it lit, a, it lit fire. a fire inside my belly yeah, and I went down for breakfast in like you know this hotel and I was like I was telling everyone who'd listen, and one of my friends who I worked with I'd, um she went I know it. I do like um I'm doing this training course with her and I was like tell me more so I then embarked she said, read this book. So if anyone hasn't read it, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert yeah. Kiyosaki. She said, read this book. She said, I'm part of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad Training Academy. So is this lady. She's one of the trainers. I was like, right, get me in front of it. <laughs> I want to know how to do this. And that was that was it. That's, that's how it started. If I hadn't turned breakfast TV on that morning, I don't think I'd have had that, you know, touch paper lit and and me be here today and I embarked on the training it was about a year-long training mentorship program and and you know and then I was off and I was doing it and people loads of people who were on the training course were coming back to us going tell us what you're doing tell us what you're doing show us Mm -hmm. what you're doing can you invest for us and it was like okay so yeah that was That was what
1: happened.
0: Wow, can you invest for us? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Are you still doing that now in terms of, like, I know what you say, um, are you still doing the, the training classroom side of things where we could you know, tap into the knowledge? if Yes. We, so if we weren't there. Part
2: of my business is I do mentorship for people. So I've got a lot of mentees mm-hmm. who come to me and the difference between what I do and what a lot of people mm-hmm. do is you go on these big classroom courses yeah. and it's one size fits all and they sell you the sizzle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What I do is I work with people and I find out, you know, who are you? How much time do yeah. you want to spend? Mm. Do you want to be hands on? Do you want to be hands off? Mm-hmm. How much have you got to invest? Mm. One pound fifty, right? <laughs> so okay, we can work. i top you up. I'll top you Oh my god! I come like in. It's gonna work. <laughs> but that's. It, but it's all about understanding different strategies, <laughs> different solutions, and you know, and and I have different people from all over the world. I got a huge Dutch network that invest in Liverpool, and wow. um, and yeah, it's. Great. because as I say it's just win-win they you know they get to earn a passive income they get to invest in an area which is one of the most affordable places to Mm -hmm. invest in the UK um but as a result the tenants win yeah and you know all as I'm doing is matching investors and joining the dots joining the dots yeah that's exactly what I'm doing
0: Uh, yeah, so I feel like my dots need joining somewhere. <laughs> Come on!
2: <laughs> but yeah. the, the plan is, um, I'm working at the moment with um, some schools and colleges, and one of the things that's quite apparent is there's no financial none. education none. in the school system, mm. and no
0: life skills in general. Is there? You know, none. none of this. You know, I won't say how to make a cup of tea, but none of I the, did learn how to make a fruit salad in school. <laughs> yeah, that you actually
2: need for, for yeah. life. So I'm working now with um, one of my best friends is the Dean of Liverpool College. Oh, wow. So we're putting together a little training course for all the 16 to 18 year olds on, you know, the importance of your credit score and mm-hmm. financial education and how to buy your first house. because. Mm-hmm the government have got a strategy that they're trying to get more homeowners. Mm-hmm. But in Liverpool, we've actually got the lowest number, the lowest percentage of homeowners in the country. Um, one of, you know, there's a couple of other yeah. places dotted around the northeast. But um, as bearing in mind, we've got the lowest cost housing, we should have the highest, highest amount of yeah, homeowners, no. but we don't. No. And when what the government are doing is they're penalising landlords with higher interest rates, higher legislation, um, taxing them, taxing them on stamp duty. So they want landlords to come out of the property system so that first-time buyers come in, but Unfortunately, in areas like Merseyside, yeah. you can penalise the landlords as much as you want, but people have a head mentality and they do what they've always done. Mm-hmm. So we've got the highest number of renters in the country. So we need to be supporting that. And, you know, and that's, but that's yeah. where I'm looking at, how do I go up river and tackle the problem? And the, ta- the problem mm-hmm. is lack of financial education. And, you yeah. know, everybody wants the latest, phone and trainers and mm. you know nobody thinks oh actually I need to get my credit co- credit score good and yeah. um, therefore I can then buy a house that's not on people's agenda but I don't think people understand the long-term complications of short-term mistakes and yeah. that's what we're trying to do but, you know, trying to put a course together in a fun way that a 16 to 18 year old will actually care to listen.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a whole challenge. Absolutely. in itself. Absolutely. So can you share a pivotal moment or challenge that you've faced in your career that's led to a valuable lesson or insight in an, for your business journey?
2: Yeah, so I think the, the turning point for me was obviously like um, I've mentioned already where I was made redundant for the second time. Um, and when I went through the divorce and the kids and I think you know we all go through life on our journey sort of focused on what we should be doing and what this do- did for me sorry was give me I had to sit back I had mm. to reflect I had to look at you know what am I good at what fits my kids needs how the hell are on this earth, can I create a business which gives me the flexibility that I need? Because one of the reasons I was chosen for redundancy was had too many days off territory because of, you know, having to pick my kids up because they've just hit the head teacher in the classroom. I was like, oh God, here we go again. But, you know, they're neurodivergent, they've got their issues. That's a whole other, you know, story. But, we, it, it just made me reset and it made me prioritize. Um, and this whole business was, was set up around that. So yeah. it was just, it, I wouldn't be where I am now mm-hmm. if I'd
0: have not had all those, you know, yeah, that happened to me. And the amount of, of women in general, we say it all the time, you know, did you have an entrepreneurial spirit? Or were you forced to find a different route to to use your skills and to earn that income flexibly around you know? And it was forced, yeah, it was forced upon There's, me. I didn't. I think ninety nine percent, you know, yeah. of people of women, especially have been forced down down that route. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'm I'm intelligent. I've done a degree. I've done that, you know. But actually, this nine to five, it. it it can't, it doesn't give me what I need to be able to be there for, for families, for, for, you know, for their family commitments. And especially for our children who are neurodivergent as well, you know, even more problematic, like you say.
2: Yeah.
1: Crazy. So what advice do you have for, for others who are going through a similar situation then? So I think the key, you know, like I said, is
2: really strip it back and actually work okay. out what you want, what brings you joy, you know. I think being authentic, being the person that you truly are, stripping back what are your skills and, you know, the guests have said it, keep it simple. Mm. And actually just, like, making sure that you set a business up where everyone wins because when you have a, a company where Everyone wins. You don't have to sell your services. Just no. ev- everyone else sells you for you. You know, and and we we I've recently set up a little network in the Wirral, um, inspiring women Wirral, um, which obviously we yeah. found out about each other through um, our networking, and um, it, it it's the key, isn't it? It's networking yeah. with the right people, and people sell you for you. As long as your integrity is there, and everything you do is about doing the right thing,
1: yeah, no, hundred percent.
0: Is it me? Is it you? Yeah. <laughs> is it me? Is it you? <laughs> it's you. Surprise. <laughs> um, so, yeah, is there a specific risk that you've taken in business that's paid off? And how have you approached that risk? How did you? How did that challenge and that calculated risk, you know, look? Okay. So, I think the biggest
2: risk I ever took was when starting out on my property journey, using every single penny in my life savings, I even sold the house I was living in to release all the equity, moved into rented and took all my savings and then recycled that money again and again and again. Um, Everyone told me I was an idiot. Everybody told me I was a fool because, you know, nobody was doing what I was doing. But Because I'd had the financial education and the training, I didn't take advice from people who'd never done it I took advice from the people who'd been there done it and who I wanted to be like and they had the they had the blueprints I just followed the blueprints. I I didn't reinvent the wheel I just copied what they'd done and everyone who then I taught copied what I'd done and people are doing that now in my new business so it's like it's not rocket science it's just so it, it you know everyone thought it was really risky but to me it was a very you know sensible calculated risk Mm -hmm. and eventually once all you know the passive income came from the houses I released the equity from those houses Mm -hmm. I had the deposit I bought my own house and I bought something much bigger and nicer than I ever thought I could have ever afforded in my whole life Mm -hmm. from you know where I came from but you know again I never overstretched myself because I always I always have a little bit of backup to make sure the houses are kept you know well and yeah
1: I love that and sometimes other people's fears can hold us back I love the fact that you said you were watching the people and listening to the people who had done it who had got that blueprint and not the people who were actually trying to hold you back and keep you safe you know, by the fear that they were feeling, so that's absolutely yeah. incredible. What three tips would you share then within the the property? If someone was looking to get into property, um, obviously the first one is to come and find you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah, obviously, you, obviously, <laughs> you want fifty. <laughs> but what advice would you like? I've got a son who's eighteen. He's in the RAF. He's been in the RAF for two years. Um, I'm now encouraging him to buy his first home to then you know to do up and then either to sell or to rent out. But I've been told in the past that you know that might. Be on certain podcasts, and you know, it's, it might be a great, you know, bit of advice, but I think it is. Um, that just this podcast and this episode alone, you know, really backs that up. What advice would you give then to anyone who, who maybe has that little inkling of, you know what, this might be for me?
2: Yeah. So I think investing in property is a long game. I think there's so many people out there get who want quick. get rich yeah. quick. Anyone who has a get rich quick attitude, I will tell them straight away, this isn't for you. Mm. Go and do something else. This is a long game and you've got to play it long strategically you, anyone who's in there, you know, 16 to 18, get your credit score good. Like there's such a big difference. What I teach people about is the difference between good debt and bad debt and how even bad debt can be good. So let me give you an example of that. It's really important that you get a credit card as early as possible in life because what you want to do is not max it out, but just spend money on it every month, pay it off because that credit history, that credit score shows that you have the ability to yeah. manage your yeah. debt. Mm-hmm. So, so many parents say to their kids, don't get into debt. Mm-hmm. Don't get into I know it. I
1: encourage, I, I yeah, do but encourage, it's good yeah. debt
2: and yeah. you've got to do it. It's understanding the difference and when you know the difference between good debt and bad debt is good debt is if you buy something that makes you money so let's say for instance if he's working away Mm -hmm. and he's like well I don't really want to buy a property because I'm not going to live in it so it's well buy a buy to let property always invest in bricks and mortar but then that's good debt because you get a loan and essentially you're getting someone to pay that mortgage you know for you but you've got your money invested in bricks and mortar you've got that history you've got that Mm. safety net and you know essentially it's giving you a little passive income so even if you don't want to buy your own property I what I did was as I say I I rented bought loads of buy to let properties Mm. and then had 10 times more money coming in than I needed for my rent. Mm. But people don't realise that's even a possibility. So, you know, it's not always about going out and buying your first house. It's about investing in bricks and mortar. And sometimes investing, you might want to live in a really nice area, but what all as you can afford is something in one of the more affordable areas buy in an affordable area yeah. rent it out because there's a massive demand I'm getting around about 100 applications for every property you know that I'm renting out Liverpool and we're all at the moment wow. because the demand for housing is massive mm. so it's the it's demand there. is there mm-hmm. and you know whether you live in it in it or not mm-hmm. it's like invest in bricks and mortar yeah. oh, mm. love that
0: I I feel like I could have had about three different businesses just from these podcasts alone today. I know. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll have to have a little little chat afterwards. I know. So you obviously work with um, a lot of um, builders, don't you? Yeah. And then you've got this science background as well that you mentioned before. So I think that you would be really well-versed in making a good cup of tea.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So, as someone with a science
2: background, who's yeah. a little bit, you know, I a like a bit of research. The table. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. So, um, I I did a little bit of research to see, you know, if you actually look about what is the perfect way to make a cup of tea. Yeah. One of the most important things that's not being mentioned is always use fresh water. Never reboil a kettle. So always empty your kettle out and use fresh water. And it's all about the molecules and the chemicals in the water change.
0: Claire's got this like pump thing. Are you okay to use? Like the, you know, the taps that go like that? Well, you see... The next thing is
2: when you boil the water, the water's got to be at the right temperature. We had a guest that said that as so well. So the yeah. temperature is important because the teas have be, the tea bags have been designed to release the tea at a certain temperature. Oh, I love this. So if I you use, you know, the little pump things, yeah. they're good for coffee, but they're not good for tea because the water's never at the
1: right boiling Oh no, point mine or? stays. I've got a... a Corker is it, and so it stays underneath the sink, yeah. and it stays at the the temperature. And then when it goes out of water, it fills back up, yeah. and then it keeps it at that keeps temperature. It. So you can boil, but like your vegetables and stuff like that, on with with the water. Yeah. So, so really as
2: long good. as it's the right temperature, um. But I have to say, I'm definitely once the I water's hot, pour it into the tea bag, tea yeah. in a cup, a tea bag, and yeah, I take the. The tea bag out and then add the milk.
0: So, scientifically,
2: why Scien- do you do that? What? Scientifically, it's because you reduce the temperature of the water by adding the milk in. Yeah. So the tea can't be released as. It's just basic well. osmosis, isn't it's it? Literally, yeah. it's all about the science. However, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a debate as well about putting the lady earlier said about putting the milk Sugar. in first. Yeah. Um, now, th- That is when you have a teapot. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. So if you put the milk in first, so if you read sometimes it says, in Britain, we put the milk in first. That comes from when you have China cups and you put the milk in and then your tea is already brewed in a teapot, but you should never put the milk in before the water
1: or with the water. So, sorry. So our our tea companies are actually... Science, <laughs> sorry. we don't, I don't usually swear on this podcast, but... I knew the science qualifications are <laughs> coming for oh, some time. So the RT companies, I've got more respect for, like, Yorkshire Tea, PG Tips, Tetley now, because they actually create these tea bags in a certain way to, to be able to do that with the water. I know, it is and quite when scientific.
0: You mis- when you misuse them in the way that you do, I mean, imagine how, <laughs> imagine how disheartening that is for the companies when you just take all the hard work and can go I, and just really, no. nilly put milk in with it
1: can I just say I do leave it to brew for a little bit before the milk goes in so, so that's fine so you've achieved <laughs> so <laughs> actually she has achieved yeah.
2: what she needs to do so I think yeah. you'd be really good at mediation you know if, <laughs> I,
0: I think really you do mediation after that you just hit me with <laughs> salt on a podcast just because I'm right <laughs>
2: Right. I, I did. Um, I did try and make the tea yesterday your way, did just you? to yeah. see how... So it was a, a real experiment. As it was as well. an experiment, oh God, but an experiment? it just made me feel a little bit
0: torn. Witchy. Well, <laughs> yeah, me too. Cheer so, on. let's go and share a proper cup of tea, shells.
1: I love this. Well, you've been a great guest for me. <laughs> Everything you've said, property-wise, and obviously cup of tea-wise, we are going to take that away. And yeah. I know a lot of the, know, the viewers, that away. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of our, our viewers will. There's so many people talking about investing in property, mm. and I just think having you there on the as an episode to go to is just yeah, it's going to really, really change change a lot of people's lives. I think yeah, and the tea it's changed your and life. The tea definitely. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you having me. <laughs>